Welcome in everyone to the first ever episode of the Locked on Louisville podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked on ACC. There's simply no better place to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked on ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. Be sure to follow the Locked on ACC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. A lot on the docket today for the Monday edition of the show. We're going to start out with why I believe that Louisville football is being the most slept on team in the ACC. We'll transition into Malik Cunningham and whether or not the Louisville quarterback can get back to his 2019 form. I believe he can. And we'll finish with a weekly edition of Mailbag Monday where I'll answer any of your questions regarding anything Louisville athletics. Like I said, my name is Dalton Pence. I am a credentialed media member for the University of Louisville through Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a recruiting analyst and a feature writer. I'm formerly a part of Fansided's Big Red Louie and the state of Louisville. I also serve as a backup PA announcer for uh, Louisville soccer, Louisville baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, so on and so forth. Be sure to check out my Twitter at Depence underscore, and you can find the Locked On Louisville Twitter podcast page at LO underscore Louisville. Let's start out with why I believe that Louisville football is being the most slept on team in the ACC for this upcoming season. If you haven't seen the polls come out, Louisville was voted as the sixth best team in the Atlantic division of the conference. Ahead of them were Clemson, NC State, Boston College, Florida State, and Wake Forest. The only other team that was ranked below Louisville to start the season is Syracuse, um, and they factor into being one of the worst teams in uh, FBS this season, especially in the Power Five. So there's a lot to kind of dissect here on a couple levels. I understand that the Cards lose Javian Hawkins. They lose Tutu Atwell. They lose Des Fitzpatrick. So you're you're trying to replace a big three that you're going to have to do by committee. So I understand the unfamiliarity aspect of it. And also, let's face it, the Louisville football team didn't necessarily set the world on fire last season. I know that there was a ton of factors. Um, a lot of teams were battling COVID, and it was just a, a year that we've never seen before. The Cards finished 4-7, and seven, a little bit of a step back since um, winning eight games the previous year. But when you really look at the season, uh, they beat Western Kentucky in, in the first game in the season opener, went on a four-game skid before snapping that streak with a win against Florida State. They ended up losing two more and then winning two out of the last three games against Syracuse and then Wake Forest. So I get the pessimism and the kind of bleak outlook for this Louisville program in year three of Scott Satterfield's tenure. But I got to be honest, I think that there's a ton of contents that we had to look at that I just don't believe is being looked at in terms of in terms of these preseason polls. So we can kind of look at it in the sense of I get it. Clemson, North Carolina, I'm sorry, North Carolina State, both of those are kind of given up at the top of the conference. However, when it comes to the other teams, that's where I kind of struggle to see their placement ahead of Louisville. I get uh, Boston College um, is probably a team that deserves to be up there. But when you look at Florida State and Wake Forest, these are two teams that the Cards beat last year and kind of handedly. Um, Beginning with Florida State, it was a 48-16 trouncing. Um, and then you finished out the season with a 45-21 victory over Wake Forest. I get that Florida State is return- is bringing in McKenzie Milton, the former UCF standout at quarterback, so I understand the optimism there. 
Wake Forest is kind of where I where I'm struggling to to really see why they're ahead of Louisville. I get that Louisville is replacing a lot of firepower on the offense. However, you get another year of Malik Cunningham, who we will talk about just in a little bit, but you're also returning most of your offensive line that projects to have a better season. Your running back committee of Jayla Mitchell, Hassan Hall, Travion Cooley, and Maurice Berkeley is going to be one of the best in the ACC, in my opinion. The wide receiving core has a lot to prove. Defensively is where I think the cards make their mark. So over the past however many seasons, it seems like the Louisville defense has been the Achilles heel for the program. However, with Brian Brown and another year of continuity with him and Court Dennison, there's a lot of improvement that was shown last year despite the um, skewed results. I think that the Louisville defense is going to possibly be a top five unit in the ACC this season. You brought in some big grad transfers in Quinterio Cole and Kendrick Duncan. You also were able to reel in a, a nice 2021 recruiting class headlined by Ben Perry, Braylon Oliver, Victor Brown, Ashton Jalot. There's a ton to love there. But personally, I think that this Louisville team really should be sitting in that 3-5 to five range. Because um, when you look at last season, it was kind of a, a tale of two cities compared to the 2019 season. So the 2019 season, the cards really exceeded expectations. There was a lot of one-score games that could have really went either way. But at the end of the day, the cards were able to pull it out. This past season was kind of a little bit of the exact opposite, right? So when you look at the schedule, when you look at the, the games that, that the cards lost, there's a handful that they probably didn't have any shot if you were to take away the turnover deficits. Miami's one of those games. Georgia Tech is one of those games. Um, Virginia, even though it was a 14-point game, I think that's one of those games. When you look at the other four losses, a 23-20 loss at Pittsburgh, 12-7 at Notre Dame, 42-35 against Virginia Tech, and 34-27 against Boston College. Louisville, let's face it, Louisville was one of the worst turnover teams in America, if not the worst, last season. Malik Cunningham, the ball carriers in the back, there was a lot of fumbles. Uh, Cunningham had 12 interceptions. A lot went wrong in terms of ball security last year, but if you look at the, the, the numbers, Louisville really outgained a lot of their opponents. So it can be inferred that if the turnover deficit was able to be minim- minimized a good amount, that you could flip these games and really make them one-score affairs in the other direction in which Louisville, then you're looking at, instead of a 4-7 and seven record, maybe you're looking at 6-5. At, at and five. You know, even though that's not setting the world on fire, there wouldn't be a lot of, you know, negative feelings toward a step back last year. But I really wouldn't look at it too much as a step back. Sure, there were a lot of one loss games or I'm sorry, one score losses. But at the end of the day, I truly believe that Louisville this season, you're going to see a bounce back when you look forward to the schedule this year. There's a a tough non-conference slate. We start out immediately with Ole Miss. Um, Eastern Kentucky should be a win, but Central Florida and Kentucky are going to be tough. When you look at the ACC slate at Florida State, at Wake Forest, I truly think that the cards are going to win one, if not both of those games. Virginia, Boston College will um, quickly follow uh, at NC State, Clemson at home, Syracuse 
and then at Duke to wrap up the ACC schedule. I personally think that, you know, this is a, a Cardinal team that we have to look at as winning six to eight games. That should be the realistic parameter. I believe that that is definitely a, an achievable goal when you consider the depth that the Louisville offensive line is returning, the much-needed depth that the Louisville defense across all units is returning outside of maybe safety. But you cannot over you cannot underestimate, I should say, the ability to fill out the roster because one of the biggest issues with the roster when Satterfield and company took over was just the fact that there was simply no depth at the positions where guys were getting gassed, especially late in the season. Like when you look at Kentucky in 2019, you could just tell that the fatigue and the overall wear and tear of the season just had set in. And it, it, it was one of those things to where um, 2020, you didn't necessarily see that too much. And the 2021, I really um, expected there's going to be um, you know better finishing at the end of games. So before we get into why I believe that Malik Cunningham is going to get to where he needs to be to get back to that 2019 level, let's first talk about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's actually something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. A couple of my favorites are coconut, Mint brownie is a good one, salted caramel, but there's also cookies and cream, German chocolate, orange, strawberry, you name it. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can actually get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and there's only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's pretty neat. So Malik Cunningham, there's a ton of, I would say, doubts heading into this season. Not only because he threw 12 interceptions last year, um, but also because he is losing you know, all ACC players and some of the best wide receivers and running backs in, in program history, Javian Hawkins, um, you're losing him. However, you do have a safety net with the running back committee that you have coming in this season. But the wide receiving core is where you know Malik Cunningham, where a lot of the doubts are springing from because you lose 2-2, you lose Des Fitzpatrick. So there's going to be a lot falling on the shoulders of Malik Cunningham this season. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. A lot of that will start with the offensive line. Um, I think, you know, Brian Hudson, Adonis Boone, Renato Brown, uh, Trevor Reed, Caleb Chandler, Cole Bentley. Satterfield said in a recent press conference that Louisville is going to be able to go pretty much too deep at every position. That's something that Malik Cunningham has not had in his time as the quarterback of the Louisville Cardinals. You know, um, you know, his freshman season, he was 40 for 67 with a touchdown and interception that immediately jumped up to 2,061 yards, 22 touchdowns to five interceptions, and last year, 20 to 12 touchdown to interception ratio with um, 2,600 
and 17 yards. Personally, I think that we saw a lot of poise from Malik Cunningham you know, in the pocket as a pocket passer last year and what you won't see on the stat sheet. There was a ton in his first two seasons to where when the first read wasn't there, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of flight, fight or flight, as they say. Um, when the first option wasn't there, he simply broke down and um, tried to make something out of nothing with, with his legs. Now, as the dual threat that he is with his athletic ability and his shiftiness, I mean, that that's definitely a, a plus quality for Cunningham. However, you know, it, it makes the offense sort of predictable when you have um, a, a scheme and a system that Satterfield runs that's very run dominant. So when it comes to throwing the ball, there was a lot last year of third and longs. Um, I think a better offensive line will help that out. However, Malik Cunningham, opportunities of missed throws, uh, tried to make something out of nothing and end up fumbling the ball or just um, throwing into coverage and getting intercepted. Now, now make no mistake about it. There were a handful of times where it was tip passes. You know, it's never always the quarterback's fault. It's never always the receiver's fault. So when it comes to Looking at Malik, you know, through a lens this season, there's I believe it's going to be more of a balanced offensive approach when it comes to the receivers. Also, there is going to be the opportunity for him to, you know, stay as consistent as he has. Because when you look at the sheer numbers, Malik Cunningham is one of the most efficient and consistent quarterbacks in Louisville history. Over his three-year career, he's got a 161.1 quarterback rating, and his passing percentage is at 63%, which is one of the best in the nation, but also one of the best in Louisville history. So this season, I think that it's not out of the, the question to, you know, maybe he take a, takes a step back in passing yards, but I definitely think that interception total is going down. I could see him having a a similar aspect of a 22 to five ratio that we saw from him last season. Um, in terms of rushing yards, each, you know, last year he had 609 yards, which was a career high. Each season he has increased his rushing touchdown total by one each year. Um, seven last year, I think that we're going to see more of him in a dynamic run option style of offense, just considering the fact that there's so many running backs that are going to be. Uh, demanding touches, Travion Cooley, Hassan Hall, Jalen Mitchell, and not to mention wide receivers are going to come, going to have to come into form. So I think that, you know, by all means, this is going to be an interesting season for Malik Cunningham. But make, make no mistake about it, I truly think that at the end of the day, he's going to be taking a step forward, not only due to the offensive line, but also, you know, just kind of giving you know, him some credit with, you know, his progressions. We can't rule out how he has progressed in the offseason. When you talk to Scott Satterfield, when you talk to wide receiver Tyler Harrell and Renato Brown on the offensive line, when they were able to meet with the local media, they've been raving about how Malik Cunningham has progressed in the spring. He's been living in the film room. He's been really getting at it in the weight room. Now, obviously, this could be, you know, just generic coach and player talk in terms of giving props to their quarterback, but I truly think that Cunningham, he knows he's got a lot to prove, and everyone else does as well. Um, he was recently ranked as the 34th best quarterback by Pro Football Focus, PFF in initials. Um, there were, I believe, seven, eight, if you count Notre Dame, 
you know, ACC quarterbacks ahead of Cunningham. I'm not saying, you know, he, he's one to pay attention to, you know, the media and stuff like that. But I think this is bulletin board material. I think that, you know, Cunningham definitely realizes that there's some stuff to prove. And um, yeah, I think that the offense is going to be able to open up. Satterfield's going to be able to open up the playbook a little more with Cunningham's familiarity and comfort, you know, as not only a player in the Louisville system, but also as a pocket passer. And when, when we watched Louisville last year, obviously you have to factor in the turnovers. But what gets lost in the sauce a lot of times is the fact that Cunningham's been more of a poised runner. He's that, That's really a, a big phenomenon because he really differs from Lamar Jackson in the sense that Lamar was very durable, always avoided the big hits, never truly got a serious injury, and Malik really hasn't either, but he's gotten a lot of nagging injuries which have knocked him out of games to where it would force Evan Conley to come in, Juwan Pass. You know, the biggest focus here for, um, you know, Cunningham for this season has to be availability. As I've always said, availability is the best ability. And um, when he's on the the field, I think that big things are going to happen for this Louisville offense. I think that the Louisville defense is going to take steps forward to the point where you know the Louisville offense isn't going to have to score 40 points a game, and they're not going to be getting down early on, which was something that they struggled with last season. Um, I think it's it's really going to be um, the ability to get to where they can be able to duel with teams without having to worry about getting down big. That takes a lot off of Malik Cunningham's shoulders. So I, I personally think that Malik is going to be taking a big step forward. It's going to be very interesting to see how he fares against an, an SEC defense and Ole Miss to start the year. Um, the tests will come pretty much right out of the gate. Before we get into the Monday mailbag, I want to talk to you all a little bit about Bet Online AG. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their run in the playoffs. Head to the website or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Also, be sure to use the promo code Locked On, all one word, all capital letters. So each Monday, I want to do a mailbag to where we can, you know, talk about any questions that you all may have that I can answer, and we can kind of do a little discussion on them. Uh, I think those that have um, ask questions early on. Um, there's going to be uh, some very good questions that we'll talk about here in just a minute. Um, but first, just definitely be sure to check out myself on Twitter at Deepens underscore and the Locked On Louisville Twitter podcast page at LO underscore Louisville. So the first question I got, and it was a really good one, it, it, it read... Does does the Louisville offense need to put up a certain? I guess it's a certain amount of numbers to to reach satisfactory level in your mind. 
And, and really, I think that's a good question, but I think the answer is just a little bit more complex. I don't necessarily think that there is a, a true parameter that shows, um, you know, what, what Louisville needs to go at in terms of like a yard mark. However, I do think that outgaining the opponent has to be has to be the goal. And I think that, you know, if you would ask any college program, that's probably that's probably their their yardstick is how did we match up with not only how we do on the season, but how did we match up with the opposing offense? And that's how I would probably theorize that, you know, college coaches will kind of take into that. The next question is, am I, am I wrong for feeling that there are more questions regarding this Louisville offense? I feel more confident with the Louisville defense this season. And that's crazy because I actually feel the same way. And this is, this is probably my favorite question because over the past handful of years, you know, the Louisville defense has been the number one question, you know, you know, leading back to the the horrid two and ten season, that team had one of the worst, if not the worst, power five defense in college football history. Twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, the team has been making, you know, small but substantial jumps in, in progression. But this season, we're looking, you know, to possibly have a top thirty defense uh, on the field. I think that you know, that there's definitely you're definitely not wrong. I think that you know, Louisville football offensively is is going to still be solid we lose a good amount but it's the next next man up I think the running back core is going to surprise a lot of people the offensive line is the best in Satterfield's tenure there's more depth than there has been in the past five years or so Malik Cunningham's going to take a step forward and I think the wide receiving core is going to you know surprise some people but I definitely believe that there are more concerns on the offensive side of the ball and more questions you know, rather than defense, but you know, make no mistake about it. There are some questions I have on the defensive side. How is the safety depth going to hold up at, you know, how is the depth going to hold up at safety? I should say, is the defensive line going to be more disruptive this season? Um, th- those are some questions that need to be answered that we won't see until, you know, the end of the se- or, you know, not the end of the season, but the beginning of the season. Um, really, I really love this question. I have to give it props. Let's move on to the next. The next question is, which running back do you think will be the starter by the final game of the season? That's interesting. I think that Jalen Mitchell will get the nod as the first starter against Ole Miss. Um, Hassan Hall, if he can stay healthy and resolve some of his ball security issues, I think that it's going to be a you know a good opportunity to you know get to where um, he needs to be you know as a ball carrier but the, the, the speed is there I think that he's primed for a breakout season but I'm gonna go with a hot take here because um, I am a very big believer in his game I believe that Travion Cooley the four-star freshman uh, coming in is going to be the starter by the end of the season it really reminds me of a lot of like Lamar Jackson in 2015 I'm not trying to say that Cooley is going to be um, the the next Heisman Trophy winner in program history, but I do believe that um, you know in 2015 you had you know a revolving door: Lamar Jackson, uh, Will Gardner, uh, Kyle Bolin, Reggie Bonifon. There, there's um, you know a very interesting cycle where where Louisville football went into, and Lamar by the end of the season really had had secured that with his um, effort against Kentucky and the win against Texas A&M in the bowl game. I think Travion Cooley, although the touches might not come until a little later as as Lamar 
got some run in that Auburn game. I think that Cooley is going to definitely get some touches. I think he's going to be a nice change of speed back and will really kind of um, – you know, make an impact like Travis Etienne did in year one. I think, uh, you know, Etienne was uh, one of those um, players at Clemson where he had to kind of bide his time, you know, wait his opportunity. Um, and when he got it, he really, you know, made the most out of his limited touches. I think that that's kind of the same trajectory that I think Cooley goes to. And, um, you know, really get to where uh, he, he's going to be the number one running back, you know, heading in to the final Final, um, you know, final half of the season. So, um, I think that Cooley is really going to be one of the top ACC running backs in a couple seasons. But we'll just have to kind of see how that plays out um, in terms of how the depth chart really shakes down. The final question we have today, and this is one that pertains to newcomers. The question reads: Who is going to make the biggest impact on offense and defense? in terms of newcomers offensively i i like i said i think it's cooley i think that cooley is going to come in and make um, a, a big name for himself sooner rather than later and that's kind of a hot take when you you think of how good Jalen mitchell showed to be last year as a freshman how could hassan hall ha- has been when he can you know secure the ball um and maurice berkeley is another guy that's you know primed to get some touches here and there so um like I said, I think Cooley's going to make a big impact. Another guy, if I had to go with, I think, Amari Huggins-Bruce, a 5'9 wide receiver that reminds me a lot of T.Y. Hilton, um, is um, you know going to come in as a freshman. Maybe not start. Um, I think it might take you know a Braden Smith type performance to get him into the you know you know into the conversation as a starter. But I think he's another guy that I look at as a possible you know candidate there to break out. And there's a ton of talent there and. Um, Let's face it, you know, nothing is for certain right now at um, wide receiver. So, um, you know, who's to say he can't come in and make a big name for himself? Um, On defense, I think it's Ashton Jalot, defensive end out of uh, Boca Raton, Florida. Kind of rated a little lower coming out of uh, the 2021 recruiting class, but um, just an outstanding individual. Um, You know, every time that I've talked to him, and, um, you know, have heard others talk about him. They've raved about him. He's so well-spoken. But, you know, outside of being a, a good a good person off the field, he's putting in a ton of work on the field. And he's really been one of the, you know, biggest names in spring ball in the offseason. Uh, he came into Louisville weighing 212 pounds. He's at a, an astonishing 263 now. So that 50-pound weight game is really going to help his frame in terms of playing right away. Um, I think him and Yaya Diaby are going to be, you know, right, um, right, right there in terms of uh, ACC pass rushers, and that's something that Louisville hasn't had in quite some time. Is guys who can just truly get after the quarterback. So um, I am really looking forward to Ashton Jalot moving, you know, through the season. Um, I'm not so sure if he's going to start right away, but. Um, by the end of the season, like Amari Huggins, Bruce, like um, you know Travion Cooley, both are guys that I truly believe that are going to be starting. So, so we talked about um, you know why I believe that Louisville is going to be the the sleeper team in the ACC. Um, also into Malik Cunningham and why he's going to take a step forward, and also answered some questions on this Monday mailbag. Um, there's going to be a lot to talk about uh, tomorrow. Um, we're going to look into some positional breakdowns, 
Um, we'll also dive into some football recruiting and we'll deal with a, um, you know, look, we'll look ahead to basketball and kind of see how, um, you know, global basketball's roster is going to break down in terms of the rotation. So you can reach me on Twitter at Depence underscore. Also be sure to follow the Twitter podcast page at LO underscore Louisville. Um, there is going to be an opportunity to interact with some, some posts on Twitter, some polls and all that good stuff. If you haven't done this earlier, please subscribe and follow the show so you can get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. Before we get out of here, I want to talk to you a little bit about another show on the Locked On Podcast Network called Locked On Bets. Betting on Louisville does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Be sure to follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's going to do it all for this Monday edition of Locked on Louisville. Be sure to check on the sponsor pod, Locked on ACC, for all of your ACC news. Have a great day and see you tomorrow.